Hey everyone, welcome to A Mess Nonetheless. I am Rachel. And I'm Melissa, and we are sisters. And, and... I just have to tell you guys and Melissa that the last <laughs> one of the most recent ones we did, I literally thought I had my podcast on two times the speed because when I started, I was like, hey everyone, welcome to A Mess Nonetheless. I'm Rachel. When you were re listening to it, you mean? What'd you say? When you were re-listening to it, it sounded yeah, like, like it was I, like- I like started it because every time you click on it to even get the link, it starts yeah. playing. And I was like, whoa, how did I turn my podcast on two times? <laughs> so nope. Did, did you notice? I was like, hey, everyone, welcome to <laughs> You pulled out your radio voice. <laughs> I slowed down. I slowed down. So, <laughs> if you have not known Rachel and I our whole life, this is something you might not know about us because I know we both worked really hard to slow down our speaking, but we are really fast talkers. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, when Rachel was like in high school, college age, I remember anytime she would like walk in the room and talk and leave and my dad was in the room, he was just like, a tornado just came by. Yeah. If you're not I, watching on yeah. YouTube, she's like, her hands are in the air, kind of like, <laughs> her eyes are bare. Around. Yeah. He would just kind of freeze and be like, what just happened? A tornado just came in. It's so funny. And they and called I, me a minute in high school. What'd you say? They called me mile a minute in high school. Yeah. And I, when I was... um in my early twenties, I was a member service officer, loan officer at a credit union. And when I would have people come in and I would be sharing with them their different options for accounts or their different, I, I suppose, I think I got it under control by the time I started um, doing loans. So this was more like opening up checking and savings accounts and I would be giving them their options. And I, I started realizing that people, again, if you're not looking, um, they would just have this blank deer in <laughs> headlight glazed over stare. Like you could hear crickets chirping. I'd be like, do I need to do that again and slower? <laughs> so I started <laughs> intentionally talking slower and it felt it felt like I was talking. Yes. yes. Like we were a sloth on. Yeah. Sloth like on. I you cannot listen to me on Mar I mean, people cannot listen to me on Marco Polo mm -hmm. on like two times the speed. I don't even know if can. people can listen to me on <laughs> one and a half. You can listen to me on two times. Yeah, but I also always have understood you. I think because we speak That's true. We speak fast, we hear fast. We speak. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a, a word for that. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. So yeah, I have <laughs> in public speaking, I've definitely had to learn to slow down. And the first time I spoke at our church, um, B, this sweet lady, I mean, she's got to be a hundred. I don't know how old B is, but she's not young. She, I'm sure if she doesn't hear this and calls you and says, I'm 70. <laughs> no, she's not 70. I, I don't know how old B is and she's not listening to this, but I do love her so dearly. She came up and said, oh, it was so lovely to see you up there. I couldn't understand a thing you said. <laughs> so the next time I was like, okay, even slower. Yes. Yes. Oh we have God. to funnel our Zootopia sloths in those moments. And yeah, it just exactly. sounds normal to everyone else, but in our brain, it sounds ridiculous. So speaking <laughs> of talking too fast for other people, we're going to talk about when we're overstimulated. <laughs> and I think talking too fast can overstimulate people. Oh yes, for sure. We had a pastor at one of our old churches and like people would come to visit and they'd be like, oh my gosh, like how do you even keep up with him? He's like on speed. He just mm -hmm. spoke so much so fast. And I, it was funny. I just got used to it, but I was like, yeah, you're right. He kind of does. And like, he was yeah. a great preacher, but it was a little overstimulating yeah. sometimes to listen. And so we're going to talk about when we feel overstimulated in life. All right, let's do it. All right. Do you have anything you want to start with or you want me to dive in? No, the, uh, the only, the first thing that came to my mind when, even though I've known this topic was going to be talked about, but when you just said 
let's dive into when we've been overstimulated in life. I remember when my kids were little, I probably had three of them at the time and Bill was over the road and I was, so I was single parenting all the time and my, I didn't have a dishwasher. So I had to hand wash everything, which, you know, kids eat like a million snacks a day. And, and, um, so my kitchen was a disaster. I probably had been in my same clothes for two days and, um, I had poured myself a bowl of cereal and standing in the corner of the kitchen eating, like trying to eat it really fast. And all of my kids came in and were like begging me for it. And I stomped my feet and screamed, oh! wait, wait, say it again. We couldn't hear you at all. That was so weird. What? I went away. It cut out completely. What did you stomp your feet and say? Well, I was eating cereal in the corner of the kitchen. I didn't yeah. even have like a pantry to go into and hide. And my kids all came at me like asking, can I have a bite? I want a bite or like crying or like reaching yeah. up and wanting my cereal. And I stomped my feet and screamed at them. And the oldest was probably three. <laughs> Leave my me cereal by myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I have overstimulated that day. <laughs> uh, that is over. It is overstimulating. They're, I used to call my kids vultures. Like I was mm -hmm. like, back off. Or even mm -hmm. now they'll be like, oh, can I have what you're eating? I'm like, you are on your third breakfast and I am on my first. Exactly. Oh, no, you yeah. cannot have what I'm eating. I'm hungry right. and I need to eat. And because I took care of all of you, I'm just now getting to eat my food. Exactly. That's a great way to start out the day. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh. And it's like, you know, 1030 and I've been trying to drink my lukewarm coffee. Yeah. Room temperature. Lukewarm is probably an over exaggeration. It's probably yes. room temperature. <laughs> it's not even lukewarm. So, so yeah, I think whether you have kids or not, mm -hmm. I think overstimulation is a real thing for a lot of women. Um, yes. I don't think most men struggle with it to the same extent that women do, but I do think that men struggle with it too. And I've been really processing this week that like anxiety and being overstimulated in my life are different, mm -hmm. but overstimulation leads to anxiety for me. That makes sense. No, I agree that they're different because I don't really struggle with anxiety, but I can definitely, I know what overstimulates me. Like I'm sitting here right. just thinking, like I can handle a lot of, we can handle a lot of chaos, right? Yeah. We have big families. We're yeah. from big families. We more than um, most people, we can handle a lot of chaos. Yeah. And yet I know the things that will overstimulate me. Um, whereas my husband, yeah, Bill does not get overstimulated very he quickly. He just tunes everyone out. I was going to say, I think men can tune things out because they can yeah. compartmentalize. Yeah. Whereas women can't the same because we're wired to be thinking about multiple right. things and being even if you're attention. not a mom you have right. that maternal instinct to mm -hmm. mother and like nurture and take care of those around and pay you. attention and yeah and but my but bill doesn't struggle he does struggle with anxiety so right. definitely they yeah. don't aren't the same i think that's yeah. a good distinction yeah well and when i get re when i have really bad anxiety days mm -hmm. i usually am not have not even been overstimulated so it's like, I can't even explain where it's come from, right? Like the anxiety has just shown up. And it's like not, not necessarily to do with overstimulation. Exactly. Overstimulation but, can get you there. Exactly. But they but don't always are, go hand in hand. When I have a very overstimulated day, sometimes I do end up very anxious. But yeah, so I think they're very different. Um, I think we'll do a podcast episode on anxiety sometime. I would like to bring mm -hmm. in someone who really has struggled and like mm -hmm. overcome it. And when I say overcome, I don't mean they don't live with it. Yeah. I they've mean, learned how to they've learned it. how to live with it and not let it rule them. I did ask a friend and she said, oh, I just love you. And I'm sure that you would make it so easy for me. And I'm sure that it would be so comfortable, but I'd be so anxious the whole time leading up to it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's so what like, she knows. She had, in order to manage it, she has to say no to things like that. Exactly. Yeah, so I was like, okay, so if you're listening to this and you're like, actually, I'm pretty good at public speaking and I think I could do a good job. And like, I you know, struggle with anxiety, but I do feel I've had victory over. It. I think it's a really important topic. And it is one Agreed. that I 
Um, I mean, honestly, we could have one of our brothers on too. Like we mm-hmm. could throw a man on here. Um, we could. And I do struggle with anxiety, but I think I struggle with um, like if 100% is the worst, I'm probably at 20, 25%, right? So like mm-hmm. I, I don't claim to have, like I've never even had a panic attack. I've had what I would say like is an anxiety attack, but it's not mm-hmm. the same. And so that being said, um, I think I could could contribute. And Melissa doesn't really struggle with anxiety, but I don't think that I should be the leading one. On that. Sure. Yeah. We should talk problem. to someone who's it's really kind exactly. of taking over their life. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So being overstimulated, if you do not know what we're talking about, which we could have probably started with this. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> now that we're halfway it. through. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you've kept, kept with us. <laughs> if you're like, I don't even know what this is. Why am I listening to this? Los <laughs> should have started with that. Overstimulated is when there's just so many things going on around you and you feel like you just need to run in a closet and like hide because mm-hmm. it's too many people talking to you. It's too many sensory. Like if you have sensory things, it's too much noise. Let's say there's a radio and someone's playing on their cell phone and mm-hmm. like a child is asking you a question and two are fighting over in the corner mm-hmm. or like at work, you know, Melissa and I don't go to a job and work full time, but like, I know what it is to be overstimulated at work. You have seven things on your plate, like four voicemails. Like someone has just brought you something and said, can mm-hmm. you do this? You have 20 emails and that can also be overwhelming, but they are different. It's they're all this, they're all connected and they're all different. Well, I think of overwhelming as Okay. So again, I'm a visual person. Like I think of these visuals. So when I'm overwhelmed, I feel like a heavy blanket is laying on me and I just, I I can't quite catch my breath. Whereas overstimulated, I feel like every nerve is exposed and being messed with. And then I feel- And there's Tasmanian devils all around you. Yes. And it's like, I can't. Yeah. So like overwhelming- Good description. Okay, good. Because I'm like, they make so much sense to me when I think about yeah, it. Yeah, like, a heavy blanket. Things, I think you don't mm-hmm. know how to get out from under it. Mm-hmm. Overstimulated is you want to go under the heavy blanket. You do. Just give me the blanket. <laughs> yeah, I don't care exactly. if I can't get out. <laughs> Overwhelming. You're already under the blanket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they do go hand in hand, but like they mm-hmm. are different. And so, you know, for me and Melissa, I know you have said this too. Like, we just have to know what overwhelm or um overstimulates us. We have to know what mm-hmm. triggers us. And mm-hmm. so. For me, it's like boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Like if I have like right now this week, I'm in my bedroom. If you can see, I'm in a different room because my friend is here. My good friend evening is here and visiting and she's staying in my home, which I love. We have Mm -hmm. had so much fun, but her and I had to have a lot of conversations leading up to it because I'm home alone this week. My husband's out of town and I still got to do all the mom things and all the Mm -hmm. household things. And I I just can't put my life on hold without being completely tanked at the end of Mm -hmm. it. And so we had to have a lot of conversations about, hey, if I'm feeling really overstimulated, I'm just going to go sit in my room for a little while. And she's like, absolutely. And you should. And like, because I, you know, for me, it's just knowing what is going to overdo me and having mm-hmm. con- conversation as w- amazing as our conversations have been. And they really have been. That can be overstimulating. And mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes I don't realize it until it's too late. Or like, well, especially I- when your kids are around because exactly. they're still demanding your attention while you're trying to have this. Exactly. Personal conversation. Yes. And we went on a hike yesterday while the kids were in school. And I said to her how she's not a mom. And I said, it's so great that like when my kids are around and they start talking to me, she just, we just drop the conversation. We'll pick it up later. And then she engages with my kids. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I have to manage like, Hey, you're still trying to talk to me, but my kids are all needing me. And like, I don't have to say, can you just stop talking? Right. Like, yeah, I was just like, wow, you've really like, she's a very, intuitive and like conscientious person. And she is mm-hmm. not very old. She's like not even 25. It's just kind mm-hmm. of amazing. And um, so anyways, boundaries for me, it's boundaries. It's knowing what is going to undo me 
so that I can put the boundaries in place as best as possible. Because what happens to me when I'm overstimulated is I lose it on everyone. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I just got to run away and I can't be with them. And then, you know, and sometimes it does turn into anxiety and it's like, there is no logic in my, you know, Mm -hmm. my mind when I'm anxious, it's just, it's, it's struggle. Would you agree with that? That like boundaries are huge with. Oh yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking of boundaries, which means which is what exactly what you said, which is also sharing expectations. Like my expectation of our time together Mm -hmm. is going to be this. And I want, in order for me to enjoy you the most, I need to be able to do this or yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So my three things that I had, and you just touched on one of them is boundaries, recognizing what you need, communicating expectations. Those are the ways that I have dealt with slash managed being overstimulated. Don't get me wrong. I still Mm -hmm. get stimulated, but when I can look ahead and recognize where do I need to put up boundaries? What am I going to need? And then communicating those expectations. Everything is better mm-hmm. with kids too, because they're the ones that overstimulate me the most. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like, hey guys, I'm just like not having a great day. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong, but like mm-hmm. all options are overstimulating me. Can I just one at a time come to your room and ask you what you need without you mm-hmm. all coming to me and bombarding me? I will get to all your questions. I want to hear all your things. I just can't do it all at once. And I mean, I mm-hmm. can't do it all at once anyways, but especially if I already feel like my nerves are exposed. Yeah. And then it's like my sweet little kids or, you know, and, and teenagers telling me about the things that happened at school or like the thing that they learned or about their new book. Like they just want me to hear them. They're not doing anything wrong. And, it's and I want to hear them. But if I'm like, my nerves are exposed, like even my facial expression might be like, could you just hurry it up? Oh, and yeah. I, I don't want that. And so it's mm-hmm. recognizing what I need and communicating those expectations, like you mm-hmm. said. Yeah. is huge. And then I even have some like phrases that I use um, to other adults, to my husband, to my kids. Like, I just feel like these are all encompassing all mm-hmm. relationships. I think even at work, you could implement these. Maybe not to your boss. I don't know. I'll let you decide. <laughs> Depends on your I will tell you after I listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a couple of phrases is like, hey, can you ask me again at blank time? Yes. So like, you know, my kids, hey, can you give me my allowance? Could you ask me after dinner? You know, and I know that I could just set an alarm and do it, but also like putting the responsibility back on the mm-hmm. one asking me for something or if someone's asking me a favor and just being able to say, could you ask me again next week? Like mm-hmm. I'm having a week and yeah. I would really like, you know, let's say it's a favor that's longer than a week away, obviously. Yeah. Um, just and then telling them when you think might be a good time next Tuesday morning is a great time to reach back out to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am a person who likes to take ownership. If you ask me, I like to like make it my responsibility, but also recognizing if someone's asking me for something, it isn't my responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and they can come back to me, especially our children. They can come yeah. back to me and ask me. And then I get to decide when is the right time. Obviously, if it's like a text message that could be marked as unread, but like think about our text thread. Mm-hmm. You me something and I need to get back to you in a week. I am never, we have a million threads. No, you're not going to even remember. Yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of my friendships are like that. And so, or Joey, like mm-hmm. he'll text me like, five things at work. Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? And they're all reasonable. And they are things like I need to do, not him. And I'm just like, can you just call me at 8 PM tonight when the kid, like, mm-hmm. you know, Elon's in bed really is yeah. what it, the one I forgot about yeah. that one time. <laughs> <laughs> He's difficult to forget. I don't know how I, I forgot. don't know how you forgot about him. <laughs> I just need him to go to bed. And then I can, then I can manage that, but we text a lot too. And so, okay. So that's my first phrase. Sorry. I made that long. Um, now's not a great time. Can I make a note to get back to you? So that's not putting the responsibility back. Similar thing, yeah. Similar mm-hmm. thing, but now's not a great time. Can I make a note to get back to you? Some adults are like, 
I am not like this, nor is Melissa. But some adults feel that if they have reached out to you, you should reach back out to them within a certain period of time, whatever they have deemed as acceptable. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't want someone to think you're ignoring them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's just a quick, now's not a great time. Can I make a note to get back to you? You know, like I'm really okay waiting two days to get back to somebody. I think we live in a world where we should be okay with that because that's how it used to be when you got phone calls. And for Mm -hmm. heaven's sakes, we didn't even always have an answering machine, right? It's like, you Mm -hmm. just had to keep trying to get a hold of someone. Um, That's me personally. If it's a business related thing, I'm not currently in business, but there's a, you know, a a different standard. Yeah. A different standard. Yeah. But I think it's perfectly appropriate and acceptable and healthy to say, now is not a great time. Can I make a note to get back to you? Or can I get back to you? Um, so they yep. know you've seen it, you understood it, and you've just bought yourself some time. Yeah. And then my last phrase, and I'm sure there's more, but these are just the three that came to me. My last phrase is if someone's like comes to you and you're overstimulated and like you don't respond normal, maybe didn't respond inappropriately or rudely, just not normal. And it's like, sorry, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> It's like, just to be clear, I'm sorry if I'm not being normal, I'm being Mm -hmm. weird or whatever. Like, it's not you, it's me. That goes so far because let's say Melissa comes and asks me something and I am overstimulated to the max and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's fine. Right. Yeah. It's not inappropriate. It's not even Mm -hmm. rude. It's a little short, but like blow off ish, blow, but it's it's not like wrong. Yeah. I'm sure that's fine. And then she might be like, okay, did are you okay? Right. And so then yeah. I'm just like, I'm sorry, it is not you. It's me. And then she's mm-hmm. like, great. I don't even have to spend another second thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't, isn't right. that how it leaves you? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. I thought you were going to say more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you literally just, I had a lot to say. Yep. Yeah. I was like, we don't usually do that on our podcast. One word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. And I just think we've talked about this, just owning our weirdness, owning our stuff. It yes. goes so far. It opens the door of compassion and empathy and softness mm-hmm. and understanding and good communication, just saying, this is not about you. This is right. Me. Sorry if I was weird, you know? So something I taught my oldest son when he was younger, he was probably five. Um, cause my kids don't overstimulate, overstimulate me hardly at all anymore. Mostly cause I'm more like, could I see you more? They're teenagers. Right. So they're <laughs> always got him. Like, come. <laughs> Um, but of course, when they were younger, they were always around and we lived in a tiny house where even if they weren't around, they were still around. Like you could hear them everywhere. Cause it was very small and not what we call a tiny house. Now it was a small house that is not considered. A tiny house. Oh, not on today's standard. It was not <laughs> exactly square feet. I didn't truly live in a tiny house. It just it was just was a very tiny. small house. Yes, it exactly. Was, yeah. We'll clarify. So anyways, that's funny. He would always <laughs> be wanting to talk to me and ask me questions when I was in the middle of reading a new recipe or trying to make a phone call to the doctor or, you know, taking care of three diaper babies or whatever. Mm -hmm. He just was always. And so I said to him, and he he talks and talks and talks a lot. Like he still does. He's almost 19 and he will follow me around the house and talk to me. In the best way. It is amazing. Yeah. I I am blessed that he is so interested in talking to me. And, um, and so I had to ask him when he was little, I'm like, I need you to ask me before you go launch into (laughs) what you say, because I'm like, (laughs) I want to hear what you have to say. But when I'm like I said, on the phone oh. with the doctor or reading a recipe, a new recipe. Oh, is I can't have anyone works. around. No, my brain yeah. hurts. It's not yeah, that and it, hurt. <laughs> No, I don't know. Well, but, I think a lot of times recipes are broken up. So you like have to right. read so that's much what, of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like they put the ingredients at the top, but then they put all mm-hmm. the instructions at the bottom and then there's all this jumble in the middle. Yes. And a lot of times the jumble in the middle 
leads to things you need to know for the recipe is what I have found by not reading oh. them and then ruining the recipe. I never read the jumble. So I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> if, well, once if you probably a- better, if you read the jumble. <laughs> if you read a blog, write a blog about food, I have never read it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And yeah. hashtag not sorry because I don't I, have time in my life for that. And I don't like I to browse cook. I browse through it to get the tips because I sure. want I need to do I give found... a lot of tips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so a lot of like and if you're doing it on your phone, it's a lot of back and forth. Oh, yeah. Scrolling up and down, up and down. Exactly. It's not the same as a cookbook that lays open and it's just right, right there. Yeah. So yeah. So yes. all I just say is he would come and just start talking and talking yeah. and talking. And so I taught him that he needed to say to me, um, Hey mom is now an okay time to talk to you because then I could say, not right now, give me 10 minutes or yeah. wait till I get this in the oven or whatever. Well then or I'll call time. you back in when it's a good yep, time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that turned into, he would start every conversation with everyone is now an okay. Or, oh no, no. He would say, can I tell you something? That's what can he I started saying. Can I tell you something? So then he would do that to everyone. Aunts and uncles, he would just be like, Hey, can I tell you something? And then start talking. Actually Without not. waiting for the answer. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Would not. He would say, can I tell you something? Without pausing, he would go right into what he was going to say. So oh, I just sure. Gave him more words to say. Yeah. He didn't actually, it didn't actually help with the overstimulant. That is so funny. I forgot he used to do that. He's so yeah. old now. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's so funny. So, you know, the Bible certainly does not talk about being overstimulated, but mm-hmm. We've talked about rest and how Jesus, you know, is our example of rest and things like that. And so there are plenty of times when Jesus chose solitude mm-hmm. being with people. And we've talked about boundaries and when Jesus chose boundaries, right? And like Jesus yeah. very clearly communicated everything. Mm-hmm. Like he just yeah. was a very straightforward guy. And so all of those things apply. But I kind of wanted to focus on the times, the reasons when jo- Joseph, what's his name? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You just took a drink of water and I almost spit it out. Yeah, I was like, you can't hear that she's laughing, but she's laughing. I'm, laughing really. I'm trying not to spit my water all over the mic. Right, Jesus, I have never called him Joseph. I don't That's even know. the what... weirdest confusion mix up I ever. I think I was mixing Jesus and chose yeah. and I said Joseph. Oh. <laughs> I started it out. Okay. Anyway, so there are some examples in the Bible of times that Jesus like left, you know, and took because I think that that's important too, is to recognize mm-hmm. if we're overstimulated, we, there are times we can leave and yeah. take a break. Yeah. There are times when we're like, like I said to my friend evening, I might need to go and spend some time in my room. Mm-hmm. And right, I just snuggled with Elon. And honestly, it was like, I just, she didn't overstimulate me at all. Like my kids actually weren't overstimulating. I was just a little overdone and yeah. so just wanted to go lay in my room. And we just snuggled mm-hmm. for an hour before bed. Yep. And it's like, and she was like super happy. She's like, yeah, this is great. I got some alone time. Oh, yeah going on walks or bike yeah. rides or getting exactly. in the car and driving. If it's snowing and too cold out, you know, going away for a weekend with girlfriends yeah. or alone yeah. or your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Or- exactly. So there are six different reasons that I found when Jesus would like choose solitude, solitude over being with people. And I just thought that these would be interesting to touch on. So mm-hmm. he was going to prepare for a major task. And I will put all these scriptures in the show notes, but I'm not going to spend all this time because we're almost out of time, mm-hmm. like listing the, the scriptures. Yeah. But after Jesus was baptized, he went 40 days mm-hmm. in the wilderness praying. And, you know, we all know he was tempted and stuff there. But it was like before he prepared for this major task, he took this space. He took this mm-hmm. break. And then when he would recharge after hard work. So he sent the 12 disciples out to do ministry. And when they returned, he encouraged them to separate from the people uh, who were following them to mm-hmm. get rest. Like, okay, you've done this thing. And this these are boundaries. These are yeah. recognizing what you need, right? Yep. These are these are all these things that we've been talking about. 
when he needed to work through grief. So after Jesus learned his cousin, John the Baptist had been beheaded, he went away by himself. Mm-hmm. Like even the son of God grieves and needs space to do that. And yeah. it's fine to grieve with people, but there's time when you just need, you to, just be need to be alone. Mm-hmm. And before he made an important decision. So like early in his ministry, he spent the whole night alone in prayer. And the next day he chose his 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, obviously he's t- in prayer, which I think we need to be doing when we're feeling right. stimulated, but he spent that time alone. Um, because I can sit and pray all day long around my kids, but it's very different when I leave and I yeah. have alone prayer time. I sit in my yeah. car. A lot of times when I get home, before I enter my house, when I've left my kids alone, I sit in my car. Mm-hmm. A, I listen to one more worship song. I just take a beat. A lot of yeah. times they come rushing out to greet me, and then I just get out. But if they don't, yeah. then I do that. Um, the fifth one is in times of distress. So hours before Jesus was rested, we know he went to the Mount of Olives and went away from the disciples. Some of them went with him, but then he went away from some of the disciples to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is just to focus on prayer. Many yeah. times in his ministry, he just spent time alone in prayer. And I think that these are really good things that we can draw from. You know, when we're overstimulated, it's important to know we can take space from people. Yes. And space from people, we've talked about this, like rest is not like scrolling on your Instagram or your social right. Facebook. It's taking space to actually like get the proper rest and like detox, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. that we need. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, agreed. So to share those. I thought that they were cool. And yeah, um, that's we, a really great list. Thanks. We are like out of time, right? Yeah, I think. we are basically out of time. Yeah. yeah. Do you have um, a challenge or I can come up with one? Well, I guess the thing I, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about a lot of the specific things that overstimulate, overstimulate us outside of we said our kids. I mean, I think everybody who's a mom would say that kids just are overstimulating. There's just a lot right. to them, but Um, so one, and obviously we, Rachel gave some tips on how to, she deals with that. But, um, so for me, this is like the main thing that overstimulates me that like sets me over the edge is when my family is listening to things on their phones. Yeah. On the speaker on their phones. Like if like Bill will listen to music and I'm like, please just connect it to a speaker. There's something about the music. It's like the hangingness of being on a phone. Yeah. It, it does something to my, some set of nerves that puts me over the edge and my family gets annoyed at me, but I'm like, if I'm, a, you can't, like I can handle all the noise. I can handle everything you're doing, but you do that. And now I'm like, Ugh. and so your nerves are um, exposed. Yep. And so just advocating for yourself, um, in obviously a kind way. And we don't want to be that nagging mom or wife right. or friend or whatever, but it's okay. The things that you know are going to do it like without fail, right. just advocate for yourself. And so my challenge right. would be to just spend some time thinking, yeah, what, is the thing or the few things that put me over the edge and how can I maybe not get to that place where I'm yeah. like, you know, exploding at everyone. <laughs> I like that. So spend some time thinking about what puts you over the edge. Yep. And what was the last thing you said? And just advocating for yourself. And advocating. And that's boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, all right. Well, you guys, we, we are, go ahead. Yep. I was just going to say, I thought you were going to say we're going to be done, but we're going to take a oh, two week yeah. spring break. So yes. you will not hear from us most likely for two weeks. We might pop in and do a little surprise something because I'm going to actually be spending a week in Arizona with Rachel celebrating woot, her woot. 40th birthday. Woot, woot. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. So mm. we might pop in, but no promises. So exactly. Off. If you haven't, if you're not caught up and there's episodes you haven't listened mm-hmm. to, go back and take a listen. Now's the time. Um, yeah. And reach out to us on social media. Please yep. don't email us if you have not listened <laughs> to our conflict series. <laughs> right in the middle of it. We're like, go ahead and email us at, and then I was like, I haven't checked. I don't it. ever check that. And I look, and I'm like literally checking it 
while we're podcasting. And I was like, okay, good. No one's emailed us. And then I'm like, please don't email us. Exactly. <laughs> so please don't email us, but reach out to us on social media. <laughs> yes. So all of you are probably headed into some sort of spring break-ish, especially if you have kids. And so we hope that you guys enjoy um, time off if you have time off yeah. or kids at home or whatever. And we'll see you in two weeks. All right. Have a great day, you guys. Bye.